Welcome to Game of Stoned. Welcome to Game of Stoned. That's right. Do you have a name today? Um. Oh Pick man. Nah. You go first. Do you? Uh. <laughs> I'm. 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 Princess Ganja. <laughs> I'm John Grow. <laughs> all right okay. all right princess ganja welcome to game of stoned today we're going to talk about season six episode five the home door we loved this episode so freaking much probably our my favorite one so far but hold on we are uh the yeah, mom not. and dad from the podcast mom and dad are stoned um, and I'm the stoner mom from thestonermom.com. And this podcast is simply about us talking about Game of Thrones yeah. while I get stoned. Yeah. So what are you smoking, speaking of getting stoned? I'm smoking Moonshine Haze oh, today. nice. And I also have some dabs ready to go. You're going to bust a fat dab? I'm going to bust some dabs when I start falling asleep. Which All right. usually happens. Well, that's cool. All right. So... Yes. Here we go. We loved this episode. A lot best. of cool fucking stuff happened, man. You learned a lot in this one. Oh, they hit you with a lot of heavy stuff. <coughs> that definitely. Um, and this was definitely a sad episode. Yeah. I think it was very, very popular. Oh yeah, I think so too. <coughs> and yeah, it was really good. Yeah. So let's get to it. All right. Well, this it starts mm-hmm. at Castle Black. Yes. And Sansa is making some clothes. She's making some clothes. And then some dude walks in and he hands her like a note that has the seal of the little finger. Mm-hmm. And she reads it and she's like, where's Molestown? Because that's where he like, hey, come meet me in Molestown. That's appropriate since he's a fucking mole. Mole. Mole rat. <laughs> yucky. <laughs> So the next, he's disgusting. He's a mutant mole rat. So the next scene is he. There he is in Mole Town or whatever the hell in a shack, (laughs) and in walks Sansa, who is looking more and more beautiful each day, more and more regal. Really, she looks like a leader. She looks like a queen. Yeah. And she's got Brienne following her around. Oh, look out! Because here comes Brienne, and Littlefinger's like, whoa, oh. And Brienne of Toth. Remember, he goes, mm. Hello, Sansa. Oh, and Lady Brienne. He's like, Oh, shit. Yeah. Because she's 20 feet tall, and then she strides, and then. Sansa is over getting fucked over. She's done. <laughs> and he starts off with, Oh, Sansa, I'm so worried for your safety. You, how did you escape? And Sansa's like, I'm not hearing any of that. She just wants to know did he know that Rianzi yeah. was. And is a sadist psychopath. Gargoyle monster. I mean, obviously he knew. How does one not know yeah. when the house standard is a freaking flayed man? I mean, come on. She says at one point, uh, she says, either you you didn't know and you're an idiot or you did know and you're my enemy. That's what she says. Either way, you're my fucking enemy. It's like she's... I'm going to go with enemy. Yeah. And then he, she goes on and on about, like, what do you think happened? She, okay. So she makes him ask her or tell her what he thinks Ramsey did to her. Yeah. She's trying to 
really hammer in the home that he physically abused her. He sexually assaulted her and yep. abused her and that she was still in great physical pain at that moment. Um, yeah, where she stood. Where, she, where I stand now. And um, that's some pretty intense shit to say. And she was all about it and not ashamed and very angry and not meek or, you know, there was no sense of a female getting raped repeatedly by yeah. her evil husband and not saying anything because it's an embarrassment. She, she is very about. strong. My favorite part was when she did first ask him, like, what do you think you did to me? And he wouldn't answer. And Brienne goes, Lady Sansa asked you a question. And she kind of grips her sword. Yeah. Oh, man. So then... I love Brienne. Oh, she, she's, like, riding a big wave of, like, she's get, all her shit is happening. You know, all her vows, oaths are happening. The torment and the mouth hanging oh open God. in joy and love. Come and on. Lust. She's a... Anyway. We can't even go there. We're, I, just, I don't we're even, very in love with Brienne. Right she's now. amazing. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Can she come live with us? Oh, God. Wow. She'd be so polite all the time. And she would, like, actually protect us. Oh, like, yeah. She'd, she'd be the shield that guards our back. Right? Anyway. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, they're talking all about it. And he's, like, you know, listening. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Bull bullshit. Um, she at one point says, I could have Brienne cut you down right now. And he's like, if you want to kill me, that's fine. But, you know, I'm really sorry. I really didn't know. And then he says something like, do you want me to beg for my life? I will. I'll do anything you want. <sighs> Which seems to be the theme of the show. Like lately, all the men are just like, they beg and cry and whine. But anyway, he uh, then says, but can I say one thing more? And he tells her that her uncle, the Tully uncle, has created an army in the Riverlands. And he just wants her to know. Um. Oh, wait. So are they talking about the guy that was in Rome? Brutus in Rome? Oh, my God. Maybe. Who married the Frey? Oh, my God. Maybe. Because the Frey should be pissed right now. Because yeah. Ramsay has dispatched of... Killed um, Wanda. Wanda. Wanda? Fat Wanda. Yeah. And she is afraid. So, right? And remember, we were like speculating. Um, I don't think the Freys are going to be that cool with that. But then it's like, well, maybe they don't give a fuck because, I mean, you saw that guy. He didn't care about He, he like, didn't care about Andy. Cat was Patty. like, I'll kill your wife. And he goes, I'll get another younger one. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> damn. Yeah. What do you say to that? Cat uh, uh, <laughs> well, screamed and then got her throat cut. So that's what was said. So um, anyhow, he offers help and he's like talking about how well, he brought the veil. But we're not 100 sure which uncle it is. You, you and I. I'm well, I think sure you just kind of figured knows, it out. But I think it is because that's the Tully brother. Could be, and he's in the Riverlands. Yeah. Do you think they're gonna go there and run into yes, Lady Stone? I don't think they're going to do Lady Stoneheart at all. Ugh, that's a bummer. I, I mean, we already passed the whole time. Really? Basically, yeah, the whole time that um, the mountain is terrorizing the Riverlands and the and Arya is running around with the brothers without banners. Yeah. That's all Lady Stoneheart. Stoneheart. <laughs> okay. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway. I don't know. You never know. I mean. They, they can really bring back the dead for anybody. So. They really are. 
And so wait, Littlefinger, the whole reason he wants to meet with Sansa is like, I have an army waiting with me. And she's like, we don't need your fucking army. My brother and I got it. So then he gives her that Tully information. And on the way out, he goes, half brother. And then leaves. Did you, did you catch that? He's like trying to like, Yeah. he's your half brother. He's gross and stupid. And I hate him. Yeah. And like, why would he say that? Considering that he, we're supposed to assume that he knows that uh, Jon Snow, Jon Snow's parentage. Yeah. I mean, because he told her all of that stuff about Lyanna in the crypt with Sansa. So why would he say half-brother? He's trying to, like, create doubt in her mind. Because later on, which we'll get to, I think it worked. Because, you know, well, let's get to that. Or do you want to talk about it now? Let's get to it later. I think he's trying to create doubt. <laughs> okay, so anyway. So anyway, that happens. And then the next thing is they go they go to the House of Black and White. Where Arya is having a stick fight with that. I don't even know that girl's name. Do you? I think her name is The Waif. But I have no idea. It well, could be Quaith. No, it's not. It's The Waif. She's battling Arya. I don't fucking know her name. And she's whooping her ass. And then like <laughs> Arya stands back out after she got beat down. And the chick throws her stick down. And Arya's like, I'm going to beat you to death with a stick. <laughs> nope. She dodges it all, kicks Arya's ass. And my favorite part is she knocks a stick out of him, kicks her, punches her, and gives her an uppercut knockout. Like in the Mike Tyson video game from Nintendo. Like, boom! Like, uppercut. And Arya's <coughs> done. And then, what's the guy's name? The, the faceless man, George? Jockin? Jockin. Yeah, Jockin. He comes in and... Jacon? Oh, she Shaka Khan, and then the lady, the lady, girl who uppercutted um, Arya is like, late. She calls let's her call lady, her unfriendly girl, unfriendly grandma, and face. she calls her lady, lady Stark. Stark. You'll never be one of us, Lady Stark, is what she says. And then uh, he comes in, the faceless man, and he goes, "Yeah, she has a point. Come with me." So then he takes her on a little tour of the faceless man temple and he's like the these are the first faceless men and then the fa- first faceless men are faces are right there and he's talking about they built bravos the free city of bravos so that's it and then he goes he gives her an assignment he gives her an assignment. he tells her she got a second chance and not to blow it yep. and she asks who it is and it is an actress who works at some play do you know what my favorite thing? He he tests her again and he goes, he says, uh, uh, a girl can join us if a girl desires. And she says, a girl has no desires. And he was like, he nods like, that's right. You wouldn't have desires because you're just a servant. So anyway, that happens. And the next scene, like you said, she's watching the play that the lady she's supposed to kill is in. And they're reenacting Robert Baratheon, Robert Baratheon's death, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. she is watching this play that the actress is in. Right. She's in her clams and cockles outfit. <laughs> clams and cockles! <laughs> <laughs> I don't like her hair like that. It's creepy, huh? Mm-hmm. Up on her head like that. But if it's really hot. I thought maybe those were little clams. Like there's... <laughs> oh my god <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if she like put clams to hold it in place like and she could be the ultimate clam seller okay anyway, okay, anyway. so she's um, watching that shit and then like 
so the play is just basically a humorous and profane <laughs> reenactment of I'm I'm getting ready to bust a fat dad. Ned's beheading. Of well, yeah, of the king's death. Ned's beheading. And Ned is portrayed as an idiot yokel. He is. Yeah. Oh, Ned Stark or whatever. <laughs> and he doesn't know what any of the words mean no. or whatever. Yeah. And then it's they portray like Cersei as like this benevolent. And Joffrey is like, oh, I would, of course, I would not behead Ned Stark, the king's friend. And then he gets beheaded and it's like an accident or some bullshit. So anyway, then they take you backstage to a horrifying moment where the dude who played um, Joffrey has his dick out. And he's like, there's warts on my dick. And that's right, you get to see a dick. And then he says that and his friend goes, oh, it'll go away in four or five years or something like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's what the guy said. <laughs> <laughs> his actor friend gives him some sound advice Robert Baratheon tells him <coughs> so is kind of slinking around and she's getting the lay of the land and she sees the chick who plays Cersei who's her target and she notices that she's drinking something and then you get the sense that the guy who played Tyrion in the play and her are like lovers or something they're talking about getting together and having sex and having a baby or something so, um, whatever. And then she goes back to the House of Black and White and she talks to What's-His-Face again. Can I just say about the penis yeah. scene? Yeah. <laughs> for the, like, one millisecond that I observed, because I immediately, as always, when confronted with a dick pic, spun away. Right, because I was not expecting it. And this was not even, like, a dick shot. This was the man's balls. And I could not believe that I was looking at balls and on a dick. television. I was just, yeah, but the dick was, like, in his hand because he's, like, examining his warts. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. His balls are just, like, there. And it's, like, I, I <laughs> can you think of a single show? Like, you can think of a movie where you've seen, like, Kevin Bacon's cock for a second. And it's, like, never hard. It's wild things. Um, you know what I mean? There's always, like, weird, like, random movies where you get, like, full guy frontal for a second. Right? As opposed to every single movie, which is full frontal for any female. Um, but what about in Rome where that dude had that big giant That dick? was... that's See, HBO's crazy. That's what I'm talking about. So this isn't a big, huge dick. This is balls. When have you ever seen that? On Game of Thrones in Rome. <laughs> On Rome, they did not have a shot of that dude's ball. You sure they weren't encased in gold? <laughs> because he had ornamentations. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was presented as a gift to somebody. Oh my god, that was so funny. It was to the old... Um... Yeah. Uh, Julius Caesar's <coughs> lover. Yeah, whatever her name was. Gross. Anyway... Okay, so um, anyway, the, the, is that all you want to talk comment on about the guy's junk? Okay, so anyway, then all that other stuff happened, like I said, and then now we're back at the House of Black and White, and he's Joaquin or whatever Joaquin Phoenix is soaping down the a dead body. Yeah, 
Shaka Khan is so he's watering down. He's cleaning the body, and Ari's like, "I'm gonna kill this chick because she likes to drink." And he's like, "Yeah, whatever, okay." <laughs> and then, and then she's like, "But she's a she's a pretty good actress." Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Are you gonna kill her? Um, yeah. Well, she seems kind of nice. And then he's like, "Are you a fucking one of us or not?" And she's like, "I am." And then that's done. He says. Does death only come to people that are wicked? Yeah. Which and is a, that's a good point. It comes for everybody. Yeah. And he's like, her fee's been paid. Okay. <laughs> Next up, Blood Raven. Okay. Okay. Blunt so, Raven. Blunt Raven is with Bran. They're having a fucking vision. And they're seeing, uh, oh, this is actually pretty cool. They're show- He's there and he's at a tree. And the tree's face ha- doesn't have Blood Raven's face in it. Isn't it that the tree? It looks a lot like Blood Raven. And it's the summertime. And mm-hmm. there's like these monolith type things in a circle around it, kind of. They're arranged in the same spiral shape that we saw in the very first episode of Game of Thrones with the dead bodies that were. Oh my were god, you're right. I didn't even think that. And what we're is it? like, oh my god, why are they arranged like that? What the fuck is up with this show? And it wasn't just dead bodies, it was like severed horse heads and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So that that shape, it's like a spot outward spiral type shape. Um, Is that supposed to be the White Walkers? Like, I I think it's I don't know who it's meaningful for. It's pretty weird. But yeah. Well, anyway, there's that, and they're watching stuff, and you see the children, the children of the forest. Yes. And they're there, and they're like in a little huddle, and you're like, where the fuck are we? And why is it summertime? And um, because we are in, in the, past. the past, we're very far in the past when it was probably an endless summer. Yeah, and Leaf gets up, and you're like, "Oh, look, it's Leaf! Hi, Leaf!" And then she goes over, and she's got this big hunk of wood in her hand, <laughs> and there's a white, blonde dude with no shirt on strapped to a tree, and she comes up to him, and she puts the, she slowly pushes the wood into his chest. It's weird, like. They're cutting to him, and he's in pain and yelling, and they're cutting to Leaf's face, which is, like, in fascination and just, like, watching him intently while she does it. And then the final, like, shot of that vision or whatever is the man's eyes crystalling over and turning into that blue, creepy White Walker eyes. The first White Walker. And that's what we were watching, yeah. And then Bran wakes up, mm-hmm. and Leaf is right there. Boom, it's the present. And she's right there staring at Bran, and he's like, The White Walkers, you made them. Why? And she's like, Because we were at war. People were chopping down the god trees. The werewood trees. The werewood trees. Mm-hmm. And he, and and he goes who and he goes it was you it was your people the first man right so um they needed something to fight against them in this war and she made the white walkers essentially so you learn right there which is huge that the white walkers were created as a weapon to wipe out the men and they got out of control right i guess so I think that that is what happened because yeah, they're enemies now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So anyway, boom. That's oh, she said they needed to defend. They needed a weapon to defend themselves. That's what she says. Okay. So then after that, we go to the Iron Isles, and we see what's her name? Yara. 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 They're all. First of all, they're gathered on this cliff top, and their version of a maester overlooking the sea. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they are doing their weird like king picking ritual, where apparently someone declares for the throne and you know i guess lays down why and people are, are allowed to say whatever the fuck they want to yeah, say yeah it's I like guess. a form it's that's actually not a bad yeah way so she's like they go who for claims the salt society. yeah <laughs> who claims the iron who claims the salt throne and she steps forward and she goes i do and you know people are like half happy and half not happy and she's like Everyone, oh, there were a lot of guys that were like, fuck, no, right. we've never had a queen, we will never have a queen. Um, and especially when the living heir Balon is fucking right there, what the mm. fuck is wrong with you, woman? Yeah, so Theon Steps comes up, up and, and he's a pretty good speech giver, yeah. And so you're supposed to, ha- he's hesitating and acting all reekish, and we're supposed to be like, is he gonna like. Reek out. Declare for himself all of a sudden. Yeah, like know. he's like staring at everybody and she's staring at him and like anyway, he yeah, he makes a nice eloquent speech for he his gets sister. Him r- riled up and everybody's and like, Okay, okay. Her name and the decision has been made, it seems. But then Urine. Urine rolls up. <laughs> Urine. And he's like, I claim the throne for my own. He's like, what the flaw? Who's this motherfucker, everyone says, but not really. And then he comes up and he starts spouting a bunch of bullshit about how he's the rightful heir, not this dickless guy, he's not very this rude. woman. That's yeah. their uncle. Yeah. And they immediately are like, oh, hello, uncle. You know, and he's in hurling insults at them. Okay, so she wants to know when he arrived. He right. said he had come a few days before, that he had some business to take care of. Yeah. He's referring uh, very obviously to the murder of his brother, her father. And so she says she's going to have him executed as her first act as queen. And what we are shown is that he is, like, crazy, and he will say whatever the fuck his truth is. He's he is honest. not about like lies no. or manipulation. He is about like straight. This is what we're doing, or and what it sounds nuts, but and the, it sounds nuts. Yeah, but at least he's not like hiding his shit. He like, tells he's like, people, I fucking killed the guy because what he was. He talking said his about, time had come. Um, they had never explored the world. He had. Um, and he had, and Yara had been kind of claiming she wanted to make a large, the largest fleet of the world had ever seen large. And, um, uh, yeah. He's like, yeah, I want, that's a great idea. Except. And when that happens, here's what I'm going to do with it. Yeah. And he. He's going to lead it, he says. And he, um, <laughs> confesses his large, grandiose plan of. Getting Danny and giving her his big cock. That's what he says. Because she's she's unmarried. He said, across the seas, there is a person who hates the blahs of Westeros more than I. And she has a huge army. And 
three dragons and I'm and no fleet and I'm gonna go give her my big ass fleet and my big cock because ah! ah! I guess that's what is necessary to be a king yeah you could definitely see it in like a patriarchal society that people would basically be like okay yeah that's that, what we're gonna do I mean that does make sense the I mean it seems plans, more so, kingly right is all I'm saying so then they were like you're the one you're the king and he gets like crowned king but they go through this crazy fucking ritual where the maester guy puts him in the water and dunks his head down what the Greyjoy, not the Greyjoy, but whatever what is dead will never die is that their house the iron Word? or that's the, the iron drowned king, right? oh okay so it's not like to their house but anyway so yeah their whole thing that they're always saying about what is dead can never die is like uh, clearly shown and sort of explained to us when they initiate him. Jesus, to like, kingdom! My goodness! You better hope you survive this crowning. They, yeah, they, the um, one of the one of you, Maester, the drowned yeah. god, Maester guy, yeah. is uh, you know, intoning the words or whatever, and it's quite good i i think if i had to follow any of the I religions i would totally follow the drunk i like it because they were like let, it's kind of badass it's like let his lungs fill, fill up with, with sea, sea salt water, water and let, cleanse him of all his wrongdoing and let the fish eat, eat his, his eyes. eyes so he can see clearly and all this it's pretty crazy but it was cool and i they thought hold him under, and under and you see underneath the water she you does. see him like he it drowns. Like he drowns. He, yeah, he goes, and he like just in, drinks water. In, and he's drowning. So then he gets kind of king, and then he goes, at the end, he ends it with, what's dead will never die. And he like, they pull him out of the water, and he's fucking dead. Or like, he's on the verge of death. He's dead. They drag his ass over to the sand, and they just, do they try to revive him? They no. just throw him down, and they look at him. On his back, <laughs> and everybody's silent, and they all look at him. Yeah. For and a then while. you're like, this is an uncomfortably long amount of time to be staring at a dude who's dead. And then he like, and then like barfs up the water. Tons of water. Like you would if you were, you know, you had drowned. drowned. And, but normally when you see in shows and stuff, when people drown, someone's there like giving him CPR or trying to like get the, like trying to get that water out of the lungs. Yeah. But not this time. It's just, yeah. He was just laying there like. Yeah emotionless so then he he wakes up and like the first thing that happens is the maester guy grabs some garbage off the ground <laughs> which is some driftwood and goes the, yeah you are the king of the iron but then like he puts like this garbage helmet on him which is like a driftwood <laughs> and i immediately said he has the worst crown of all it's of them. the worst it's not good it's not. I mean, like, it's, you know what would have been better? Like, seashells. Or yeah, they have seashells. <laughs> they could have put a fucking a squid on his head, Jesus something. Christ. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I do squid. Uh, well, driftwood is, is made from the land, not the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think they missed the boat on that one? <laughs> no, because driftwood is not. 
not made on the land. Driftwood itself is made by drifting. Right, but it's so it, but where was it? Where did it originate from? But it wouldn't become what it is without being in the sea. True, I guess, and that's part of the whole transformational process, which makes him king. <laughs> All right. So anyway, whatever. We don't like his crown. It's dumb. We think it's lame. But the first thing he says is like, Let's. I thought it was a job, a shark for a second. I, well, that would have been cool. I thought. Oh wait, no, those are bones. That's a bone. No, no, it's just poo or whatever it is. It's like it's driftwood, twisted garbage, sea garbage. It wasn't good. You admit it. It's not. Garbage. They should driftwood. <laughs> he should have grabbed some seaweed and just smacked <laughs> it on his head. That would have been an improvement. First thing he says is, "Where is my niece and nephew? Okay, let's go murder them." Um, we are getting. Scenes, shots of Yara and Theon during the whole crowning and whatever drowning. process. Um, and they are like scrambling out of the Iron Isles and they're taking the boats. The best boats. They took the best boats and they got the flock out of there. But then Urin says, I know that's not his name, but he was, he said, we're going to build some fucking boats right now. He makes all of the people there cut down blank amount of whatever is and make blank amount of, what are they called? Ties? Quarter planks. Oh, he did say quarter song. And then I started telling yeah. you about wood harvesting. Well, that anyway, the, he tells them basically go make some boats right now and make a thousand, by the way. He's not... Um, he never really looks enraged or anything. He's like, know. in fact, when they're sailing off, he's like, he goes, they took our best ships. And he goes, it's not enough. Doesn't he say that? He seems almost like a, a crazy optimist. Oh, yeah. Well, I, you know, I got to say, maybe the guy's not so bad. I think he's very popular. He's a good leader. Canon, yeah. Okay, well, let's move forward. He seems a little obsessive about Danny. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't know so far, but... Okay, so next up, we're in... They have a little scene of Dothrak, when Danny is leaving Dothrak. Bars Dothrak. Yeah. Not exciting. I mean, like, this whole thing is... Well, get her back there, for Jesus' sake. Let's go. So they have a little scene with Dario. and Daria, I'm sorry, which is... Jora and Dario. And they Danny's talking to them and he reveals that he has the gray scale and yeah. It's really gross. He says he loves her and that he always will. It's a really, really barftastic. Like it makes you want to barf. And um it's just really cheesy. And yeah. she's like, Yeah, no, you don't get to die or whatever. I command you as your queen to heal yourself and search the world, blah blah blah. Even this part is so fucking cheesy, it makes you want to die. And heal thyself, because I can't take the Seven Kingdoms without you by my side. And it's like, she's still not going to bone you, dude. <laughs> you're you know? gross, dude. Yeah. And like, you're old and yucky. It's Anyway, I didn't care for any of that. I mean, so what? Will he go away now and he's not coming back? Do you think he'll come back? Yeah. Hi, Max. He'll definitely come back. We'll find some. You know, what's her face? Uh, what was Baratheon's, Baratheon's daughter was cured of the dragon scale, right? Yeah, but that was because, like, at, that happened when she was, like, a baby or, like, a little kid, little kid. And, like, 
they did some fucked up shit to her to make to they like fixed her. Was it? Like, I think it was like blood magic or some shit. Well, so it's like there's not really a cure. There's like a weird freak accident where there's one living person on the world that they know of hmm. that's existing and not acting like a maniac on Rock Island or whatever the fuck. Right. <laughs> Rock Island. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then, okay, so Dan, yeah, Danny says go find a cure and get a new shirt while you're at it because okay. your shirt's so Next. gross. Done. All right, so next is Marine. And what you see here is uh, Varus is asking, how many people have died since we struck our deal with uh, slaves? And it, basically, the whole point is like, hey, there's been peace ever since we struck a deal. Nice job, Tyrion. And But even then, Tyrion steps in and like says, but it's not going to stick unless people believe that it was the queen's idea. So they try to toss around an idea, how can we make that happen? And then um, Tyrion, of course, has the answer to his own problem. And he's going to bring in the Red Priestess. Uh-huh. And she's going to whip up some religious people to, like, get everybody. Some fanatics. Yeah. To, you know, say, yeah, Danny's awesome. So then the next scene that is. That she is the, you know, the princess she's the, that was promised. That was promised. And, um, yeah. So then the next scene is their meeting with her. And what's her name? Kim Vara. Or Katvara. Katvara. Kimvara. That's the Kim Kardashian version. Kimvara. So Katvara. Yes. And Tyrion presents a, like, this is what we want. Very nice to meet you. You're very awesome. It's a weird scene where he's, like, trying to be polite and she's just, like, staring at him strangely. Yeah. She has the same kind of eyes as Mel, too. Yeah, she's very quiet. I would assume in the books. I don't know if she's... I think she is in the books, but I don't know. Anyway, Mel has red eyes. Be nice if all the red ladies had red eyes. I know. That'd be cool. No, we can't do everything. So anyway, he's... You're right. He's talking, he's presenting, he's like, we need your help, this is blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, you want people to worship and obey the queen of dragons and he's like uh, yeah yes yes and he goes and you want them to worship and obey you as well and he goes well to obey would be nice mm-hmm. he doesn't like want the worship part so then like he just wants to move shit along and then Varys has to step in and be like oh hello and he's Varys like does not like magic he, he doesn't he's like oh well i know stannis baratheon had a fucking red lady and, and that didn't yeah. go so well for him, did it? Yeah, because, oh, wasn't he supposed to be the prince that was promised? Yeah. And, oh, I heard he was slain. And he's like, but uh, whatever. It's just whatever you guys say, that's what it's like to be a fanatic. Yeah, because right? you're always right. And Tyrion jumps in and says, my <laughs> friend has a healthy skepticism of religion. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. He's trying to make peace always. Always. But then she's like, you're right. You know, humans are wrong and we, you know, we fuck up all the time. And then she like dives into his past and talks about creepy stuff. Remember when the sorcerer cut you and threw your parts in the fire? What did, what was that voice that you heard? Do you want me to tell you who it was? Do you want me to tell you what they said? And Varys is like, <laughs> like that's the first time I've ever seen him like scared. What the rattled, fuck? Yeah, without a word, uh, you know, without a witty comeback. He didn't. He like usually he's like knows it all. But so anyway, she agrees to help them. Essentially, the end. So that's it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think it's kind of a bad idea to ever 
whip the people into religious fervor. Well, look what happened in King's Landing when they did that shit. Yeah, so... Seriously did that. And then it Honey, I know. The idea is, like, now it's going to be, like, the sparrows and the fucking Danny proclaimers. What are they? The... The, re- the Lord of, Lord of Light. Ugh, barf. Okay, well, okay. The next scene is Blood Raven. So they take you to Blood Raven and Bran, and they are in the past. And he, um, no, that's not what happens at all. What oh happens God. is they're in the tree, and Bran is bored out of his mind because he looks around, and Blood Raven is like non-responsive. He he grabs a <laughs> finger bone off a skeleton and throws it to him, and it. Bounces off of Blood Raven, and he just sits there, and he's like, and then he looks at Hodor and Mira and Leaf. They're all asleep, and he's like, so he crawls over to the tree, and he grabs one of the vines. He's gonna go it alone. So boom, roots. He is yeah, roots of the tree. He is bam. He is back at that tree he was at with Blood Raven. Only now it's, it's winter, and the tree's dead. It looks like the future almost it's like winter everywhere very cold it's not yeah so he turns around and there's the entire dead army and he Mm kind of walks through them because he's like this is just a vision these people can't see me and so he kind of walks through the crowd of dead people and he gets to the center and then there's the white walkers on their horses and there's like four or five of them i want to say there's not very many and in the middle is the knight's king Mm-hmm. And um, he's not, he's ignoring Brandon. All of a sudden, he turns his head and looks right at Bran. And then and all, Bran like freaks out a little bit. And then Bran looks around, and all the dead army starts turning their heads and looking at Bran. And now he starts getting like panicky. Mm-hmm. And then he turns back around, and the, the Night's King is standing there behind mm-hmm. him. And then Bran screams, and he reaches out and grabs his arm, and he goes, ah! The Night's King grabs his arm. Grabs Bran's arm. And then mm-hmm. Bran screams and wakes up. And then he goes, I saw the Night's King. And he touched me. Blood Raven. Or no, Blunt, Rab- Blood, Blunt, Blunt Raven, Raven goes, he touched you. I love Max Fine's night. He's like one of my favorite actors. Um, so, and then he's like, you have to leave now. And he's like, why? And he goes, he can't come in here. And he goes, he can now because he touched you. He knows where you are. You're not protected anymore because he can walk in here because he's marked you. You got to leave, dude. And they're like, oh, man. And then um, when after Blood Raven tells him to leave, he says, uh, well, what's next? And he goes, you have to become me. That's what he says. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, they, we leave that again and we go to Castle Black. And they're all around the table planning their attack on Winterfell. Right. Huh? And they're trying to fa- figure out like which <laughs> they're Wait, trying who? to the, jo- the everyone at Castle Black. There's Jon Snow, oh, yeah, yeah, Brienne, yeah. Davos, Sansa, Mel. That's right. They're having their um, military strategy planning session. Yes. So they're all trying to decide like they have a map and they're like, we got to get the blah, blah, blahs in, in the north. They're talking about all the houses that are that would be loyal. Yeah, and then basically they talk about all the different ones, and then they finally decide like, hey, you know, let's just John's like, let's just get over there. There's like twelve families. Let's start small, and then let's just build. And they all kind of agree that. But then Sans is like, we should go to the Riverlands and get some help. And Davos is like, why? 
the they the Riverlands they don't have shit. And and Sansa's like, oh, oh yes, well I received a raven that my uncle has created a mighty army in the Riverlands. And then they're like, yeah, fuck, really? You got a fucking raven? That's awesome. Okay, yeah, let's go do that. And then they leave, and then Brienne's like talking to her. And she's like, I don't trust to leave you alone with Jon Snow and the others. And she's like, why? He's my brother. And then um, she's like, well, why did you lie to him then if you trust him so much? And this is what I was talking about earlier where I think Littlefinger got in her brain a little bit because he said half-brother. Do you think that Sansa didn't tell Jon because she didn't trust what he would do or, or what? What do you think? I just don't get it because I don't. What would he do? Is is my thing. Littlefinger? No, not him. John. Why would she not trust him to tell him that Littlefinger told her? I don't know, but Brienne is making it pretty obvious. She's like, "Well, if you trust him so much, why aren't you? Why are you lying to him about this Raven bullshit? Why don't you tell him you met Littlefinger?" I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Why why? do you? Do we know? We don't know. No. I don't know either. Do you think it's because he's her half brother? I just, why would that have anything to do with it? Because what? Because they don't have the same mom and she loved her mom. And she's a lot like her mom. But what's the, ben- What? how does that tie in with Littlefinger is what I'm saying. Because Littlefinger put that in her brain. No, I understand that. But how does he benefit? Do you know what I'm saying? I it think makes- he's trying to drive a wedge between John and Sansa so she will trust Littlefinger again. Because she's like, no, there's nothing you can do. I don't trust you. My brother and I. We got it sorted out. Half brother. And then he gives her crucial information about the Tully. So maybe he's trying to, like, trust me again, you know? Do you think? I guess. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) who cares? So what ends up happening is... I immediately was distressful. I wish she had had him killed. I wish she had (sighs) actually done it herself with her own hand. Um, You know? Yeah. But when Brienne is questioning her, the one funny thing she says is, like, she doesn't trust all these people. And then that man with the beard, <laughs> she's talking about Tormund eyeing her. He was looking at her like yeah. she's naked. It was funny. And then anyway, so then the next scene is she talks to John and she's like, oh, John's like, you got some cool new clothes there. She's like, yeah, I made this shit myself. And he goes, I like the wolf. Because she embroidered this intricate, amazing thing of a wolf attacking something. And she's like, and I made you some cool ass clothes too. And, he's and like, they're just like fathers. Yeah. And she's and like, it. thank you, Sansa. Like he like genuinely thanked her. And then they get on their horses and they fucking ride away. But before they ride away, Tormund is like staring at Brienne. And then she turns around and and then when their eyes meet, he kind of he smiles like a fool. <laughs> and then Brienne like rolls her eyes, makes it disgusting. I just smelled some. <laughs> Pig shit face, and then like, can't. poor Tormund. He's gonna, he's in her brain. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> Not I'm in her mind. Okay, so anyway, that's the end of that one. Okay, so now here we are at the end of the show, <laughs> and this last scene once again is in the tree with Bran. So this is the third time we visited oh, her. This this shit is not fun to talk about. No. So this is where shit starts to get real. So in the real sad, yeah. So we all know that he said the king's coming for you. I didn't expect it to be during the same (laughs) show. I thought it was like maybe next show, like they had a little time because he's teaching them shit. 
no. Um, they're visioning questing or whatever. Him and Blood Raven, and then Mira is packing their shit and talking to Hodor about like, let's eat some eggs. How do you like your eggs, Hodor? And then, oh, how about some bacon or some some sausage even, Hodor? Like Hodor's like, yeah, I want that. So hungry. So anyway, then as she's laughing, she sees like the air. She realizes that her breath is cold. She can see it. She can see her breath. She looks at Bran, who's warging. Yeah. You can see his breath, and she freaks the fuck out and runs out of the tree. Yep. To look outside. And the whole dead army's out there with all all of them. And it's fucking cold. It's not nice. I couldn't believe that. I was like, what the fuck? They're all okay. Here they are. I couldn't either. And then, um, so what ends up happening is he, they look at each other and the fucking Night's King gets off his horse and touches the ground and it cracks the ground. Yeah, I didn't get that, but whatever. He's just showing like, look, I'm super all powerful. (laughs) Children of the forest, bitch. So, yeah, the children of the forest start. Is that when they start throwing their fireballs? Then they start, yeah, then they like throw fireballs. Mira spins around to get Bran to wake up from his warging, and mm. it's not working. No, she's back in the tree, like slapping him and yelling at him. And because she needs Hodor, she's screaming. She needs Hodor. Yeah, because he's you know huge. And then, and and meanwhile, in his brain. Blood Raven and him are, um, they're watching young Ned Starks. They're watching his dad leave mm-hmm. and he's saying goodbye to him. And you know, you he's don't. He's going to die too. Yeah. So all this is happening and the children of the forest are throwing fireballs and killing all the zombie army. And then they make this ring of fire mm-hmm. that they can't get around. Right. But. But then the, the uh, White Walkers just walk yeah. right up to it and they come right through it. And I think that's supposed to be like. The reason they can get through is because they touch Bran. Right? The seal is broken because he marked Bran. But then, but the zombie army can't get through. So they go on top and they start trying to dig down into the, into tree. the tree. And um, so Leaf is there fighting everybody and there's an all out fight and the zombies are crawling up the tree and they're digging through the earth. And then all of a sudden. They're like c- c- emerging from the ceiling yeah, when you're in the cave. The crawling tree cave. through the dirt. It's so like arms coming out and it's creepy as fuck. Yeah, and they're getting stabbed in the face by Leaf and her friends. And then some of the children of the forest die because mm-hmm. the zombies kill them. And then um, they're fighting and fighting, and the whole time Mira is trying to wake up Bran and screaming she's, at him. Yeah, he's on. She's getting him on his thing and screaming. But then at one point they hear her screaming like, "We need Hodor!" Oh, in the past. Yeah, they're in the past, and he can hear her. And um, Blood Raven says, "Listen to your friend." Mm-hmm. And then she's screaming, "Warg into Hodor right now! Warg into Hodor right now!" And he does. And then he, Hodor stands up, and then wait, um, which, oh yeah, and then he walks over and he grabs Bran on the sled thing and yeah. starts walking out. And Mir starts running out, and then all the zombies start chasing him. And then Summer jumps out and like and dives into all the zombies and gets killed like instantly. It's like horrible. didn't he, didn't really didn't have a chance. And you hear the. There's just hear, so many of them. There's like you're yeah. just like how on earth is or is anybody getting out of this? That's what I was thinking. So they kill Summer pretty quickly, and then they're running and Hold chasing. Her, them. They're running down like this hallway to the door. 
Right. And they run and run and run. And then Leaf, like, they're crawling on the walls. They're crawling on the sides of the tunnel. And then Leaf decides, like, she goes, just go, go. And she pulls out one of those balls that catch on fire or blows up. And she just stands there and waits for them to come. And then they start attacking her. And then you see them, like, jamming in, like, stabbing her, killing her. And then she makes the ball explode and kills a bunch of them. But that does literally nothing because then a whole nother wave comes behind him. So then, yeah. Then they show the Night's King strolling in, and you see uh, Blood Raven there. And then um, he said, "You." Then they flash to the past, and then I think he says, "It's yeah. time." And um, he's telling Bran, "Like this is it. You got to leave." He I, says, "You got to leave now." Yeah. And the Night's King kills Bloodraven, slices him in real life. In present day. And then Bloodraven disappears into black smoke in the, in in the, the vision. Past. So Bran is left there. And I, this is the part I didn't understand why he couldn't just come out of it. But Wait. the same, but he's warging into Hodor from the past, right? But it seems like he's warging into past Hodor because past Hodor is affected. I didn't get it. I know, but then he makes it. Hodor makes it to the door. Brand Hodor. But basically, when you said he's he done scrambled Hodor's mind. That's all I can basically get out of this. Well, he did. Because, there was just some brain scrambling. But because, remember, remember though, he was Hodor, and he makes it. He's Hodor in present day, and yeah. then he's in the past, getting ready to become Hodor. Yeah. So Hodor makes it to the door. In the and past, starts, he's Willis. Yeah. And Willis is watching Bran. I got the sense he could see him. Did you get? Did you sense that or no? Wait, what? I got the sense that Willis was looking at Bran. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It did seem like that. But he was worrying into him to control him in the future, too. He was, I don't know. I, didn't he, understand. I mean, whatever. He was looking at something, and then his eyes went white. Exactly. So then Hodor opens the door, like, busts through it, yeah. like, slowly pushes it open, and Mira and Bran and Hodor go through the door, Hodor drops Bran and then pushes the door shut. Mira takes over and takes a sudden runs and she kept running and she's running back and looking back and saying, hold the door. From the zombie guys. Right. And Hodor is holding that fucking door. He's like using his giant body and backed up against the door and the undead army are inside and they're like stabbing through the door and like stabbing and eating at Hodor and... He's just holding it. He's just holding the door. And we're seeing in the past um, Willis fall to the ground and have like a seizure, right? And he's just like, and shaking and his eyes are convulsing. And he's screaming, hold the door, hold the door, hold the door, hold the door. So I I guess like, because I got the sense Bran was controlling. Hodor in the future in present time okay. but he was also in the past right and then I think this is where I think he scrambled his brains <laughs> because he had Hodor in control in in the present okay while he was v- vision questing into the past and then he controls Hodor from the past as well I don't know why that happened though. and then he like fucked his mind up and then he's like Hodor Hodor hold the door hold right. the door and Hodor. like he's never been the same oh my god it's fucked up you guys and then it ends and it's so so sad like Mira's running into the snow and Hodor is becoming holding Hodor and, the door. and holding the door and dying so we lost Hodor and we lost Summer 
And we lost Leaf, and we lost Blood Raven. We lost we everyone. We lost all the Children of the Forest, right? Yeah, all of them. I guess. I guess. And yeah. But Blood, I Blood Raven kept telling me, "He's like, you're gonna become me now. You're gonna be me. Like, so what does that mean? I mean, like, I don't know. Man, it was sad. There's the whole like, is Blood Raven? So in the show. Is Blood Raven like brand of the future or whatever? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like future brand. But I mean, with the whole book canon, it's just no, that's not who Blood Raven is. No. He's like this um Targaryen. And, yeah. Like yeah. Um and also the whole Hodor thing was George R. R. Martin. He did that, huh? That was him. That was that was his idea. That's from cool. the first book. Well, bravo to you, George R. R. Martin, because I had no idea that that's why Hodor said Hodor. I think it was first. I mean, it's been speculated a, like a couple times, but nobody really knew. I mean, it was just like chance, you know. I mean, I thought he was a horse. I really, <laughs> I really did, because there was that one theory that Hodor warped into a horse and then got stuck or something, and you're like. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. I was convinced that's what it was, but this, I was—I had no idea. Wait. Could... Hodor couldn't work, though. No, I, I mean, know. Willis couldn't. No, well, he couldn't, but we... Was that theory about him being a... Yeah. A, able yeah. to war? Yeah. Like, maybe he, he's a warg and he didn't know how to do it right. And his first time he went to a horse and then couldn't get out and he gets lost. I wonder if in the books maybe he is. Who knows? I don't fucking know. I'm sorry, you guys. Anyway. Anyway. That's all. Well, that da, was da, it. Da, and da, 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 da. <laughs> it was a really good episode. How many dragon hearts do you give it? How many do we get? Five. I'm going to give it five out of five dragon hearts. Whoa. Number one for right I mean, now. it was like every single scene except for the stupid I love you, blah, blah, yeah, yeah, Jorah, yeah. um, the I'm Explorer. I liked every scene. I thought every scene was very powerful or informative, um, you know, and it was entertaining. I guess the scene where they're planning their strategy was boring to me. Yeah, it was boring to me, too, but it was insightful because. So maybe I should give it a four and a half dragon heart. Is that what you're going to do? Okay, I'm gonna give it five dragon hearts. I, I think it's five. That's mine. So I love you, and I think that that was probably the best one we've seen so far. I can't wait to see the next one. I know, me neither. People are saying things about the next one. But anyway, so um, cool. Well, thanks you guys for listening, and we will be back next week. Until then, check out our other podcast. It's called Mom and Dad Are Stoned, and we talk about a lot of different stuff. About weed. And parenting. But mostly weed. Yeah. Okay, and thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.